0: Hi and thanks for tuning in to Public Safety Now on Hexagon Radio. I'm your host, John Whitehead, Vice President of Sales for US Public Safety here at Hexagon Safety and Infrastructure Division. So today we got a really cool topic and uh, I, I almost feel kinda of bad saying cool topic because it's kind of a scary topic, but uh, cybersecurity tax. They're they're, they're just not exclusive for guys like Sony or Marriott or the Equifaxes of the world, right? I mean, these things can happen to all of us, and especially in public safety agencies and emergency call centers around the globe, we really need to focus on that. So today... We got Dan Retzer Senior Vice President of Global Product Development for Hexagon Safety and Infrastructure Division. And we're going to just have a conversation here about cybersecurity and, and some of the cyber threats facing public safety today. So thanks, G- Dan, for joining
1: us. Yeah, John, thanks for having me here. It's uh, definitely a topic I'm very passionate about and one that, um, I hope that we can, we can give some people some education, some insight on.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, uh, in, you know, in the past, when I think cybersecurity, I, it's always been kind of out there, right? On the horizon. It's yeah. not something who's going to attack 911. Who's going to attack public safety? We're the good guys. Right. And, and unfortunately the statistics aren't backing that up. I mean, people are actually coming out and they're coming after some of our agencies and, in in it, it, it's today. It's happening right now. I've, I've got statistics that one hundred and eighty four cyber attacks have occurred in the last twenty four months to public safety. Wow. Fort, Forty two of those crazy. were attacks on nine one one centers. Wow. I mean, that statistic alone is just a little um, a little unsettling. Right. Yeah, and definitely. I think that that. I mean, we we just got to we got to be conscious of the fact that this is here and this is now. So I've got a few questions. You know, like I said, we're just going to talk a little bit about that. Some of this is how Hexagon can assist. But I think some of this is also just kind of, you know, our thoughts on how this plays within the emergency services world. So, I mean. Because of those attacks, do you think that's the reason why cybersecurity now is such a critical piece for public safety? I mean, is it is it because it's happening today or has it always been the
1: case? Well, let's let's kind of take a, a step back and look at it even broader, right? Because, you know, it seems like our public agencies in general are just under constant threat. I mm-hmm. mean, you take a look at, you know, elections being under attack and not just, you know, what, what what's happening in the U.S., but all over the world, right? You've got – bad actors that are trying to compromise the very foundations of our, our democratic process, right? You know, and, and what that does is that starts eroding public trust in general. Um, so you take a look at our you know our customers and in, uh, in public safety and public agencies, and, you know, you take a look at some, you know, recent uh, things and attacks that have happened that have been widely publicized, you know, Atlanta and Baltimore and some of these right, other things. Right. And, and what you're really seeing is you're seeing a trend. It's not just attacking, you know, the the let's, we had this image of, you know, the the hacker or, or the cyber terrorist, you know, who's trying to secure a lot of money from, you know, like you said, the Sony's or the Equifaxes and compromised people. But now they're definitely attacking sort of the very foundations of the public trust. And that yeah. that's why this is a huge concern.
0: Right. Well, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of the terrorist attacks that's going on around the globe are are international. Yeah. And I know, listen, we're not going to get into the fake news thing here, right? Is it coming from Russia? Is it coming from China? I don't know. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter, right? But the fact of the matter is it's an international problem. So think about how how much easier could it be for someone to attack us at the core by manipulating the 911 system, right? I need help and when I call, I can't get through. It's not available. And I think that that's kind of the 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 terrorist activity there that kind of plays to to our fears, right? Is oh, yeah. being able to bring that stuff down. These denial of service attacks, right? That they're doing, and the things that are hitting uh, corporations, but now being focused on the nine one one centers, I think is a scary area.
1: Oh, it's 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 frightening. And then you know, it, it's sometimes it's not even the threats that you see, right? Right. It's not the denial of service attacks or ransomware attacks. Sometimes it's it's just the stuff that's happening behind the scenes, you know, when you think about how easy it is to get critical information from just your everyday person, right? You right. know, you got you got um, social engineering. Yep. You know, where I can call you and say, "Hey, John, you know, um, hey, help me out here. I need to figure out what this 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 code is or, or right. whatever." But right. you know, but but it's even I think scarier in some in some ways. When you're taking, you know, a a public safety uh, risk to it. So, you know, I could call in pretending to be a high ranking officer or whatever else I can call into the to the dispatch center or whatever and say, hey, you know, I can't get into my system or I'm locked out of my mobile device and I need my password right now. And, you know. You, you know, people are kind of trained to react exactly right. certain, you know, to people in authority. Right. Yep. And, and so, you know, I don't want to be that guy who's like not given, you know, the, the, the commander or whatever else the access that they're asking for.
0: Right. And and, again, and, and, and and not to interrupt you there, but the example is you got a, a dispatcher sitting there in a radio, you know, in a radio room someone says hey i'm talking to the sheriff he needs him to reset that password i mean you do that right i mean it, it it's the emotional hit that that we worry about right it's one thing you know i i've i've seen where They say the the biggest threat to public safety when it comes to cybersecurity is that the legacy equipment that we have in place. Right. All of these all of this old networking and old servers. And, you know, I've I've heard the stories of, you know, people doing network checks and they're finding all of these things that are attached out there or they're allowing a a hole in a firewall, if you will. These are all uh, points of access. That's one area. But the personal attack on it. it is an interesting dilemma for sure.
1: Well, you know, and, and I'm kind of glad you brought up sort of the infrastructure side and the legacy side as well, because I think one of the other really um, hidden areas of vulnerability that people may not always be aware of, too, is is even vulnerability in the products um, that and the platforms that our systems are built on. Right. Um, I think this is a huge uh, vulnerability in the system that some people overlook because they're thinking about direct attacks, you know, into the network through the firewall, whatever else. Right. But there's plenty of software out there that's that's just kind of latent with vulnerabilities that people may not always know about.
0: Yep. Yep. And then and then on top of that, you've got all of these things like malware and things that could accidentally be put on. Right. Yep. Someone someone brings in a, a thumb drive from their house very innocently. I want to show pictures. I want to see that type of thing and I'm sharing that around. You never know what could be brought into your network, yeah, and I think that that's that, that's an important thing. Poor hygiene. Yep, exactly right. Exactly right. So let's talk a little bit about um, about our products here, if we will. Right? Uh, tell how would you describe our security program here at Hexagon?
1: Well, so I always have to kind of be a little bit cautious when I describe it because you you never want to sort of hang out bait for anybody, if you will. Um, It's just kind of a bad practice. But, you know, we we (laughs) we we apply um, a a layered approach. Right. So um, we actually kind of start foundationally, um, believe it or not, with education. Uh, So we train and certify our development teams around security best practices. Um actually when I'm evaluating candidates from a hiring perspective, you know, I'm always talking to them about what they've learned, you know, either if they're they're college graduates uh, or, you know, if they're into their profession, what they've done, what they've learned, how they've applied security, just in, you know, not only in 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 the uh the development of software, but kind of in their daily lives, because that shows that you've got a security mentality, right? right. You know, things like don't use the same password on two different sites and all this other. stuff, just basic stuff. Right. Right. Um, But it's layered in that regard. We have a heavy focus on automation uh, where we're using uh, tools from the industry to basically kind of uh, eliminate the human element, if you will. Right. From, you know, overlooking or saying things like, oh, well, that's just a false positive. I'm going to move on because there's no false positives in security. I'm sorry. I mean, that's just fundamental. You have to take everything serious. You have to take everything serious. No, I'd agree. Um, and you know, we, we kind of, and I hate using this because it is a little bit like a a house metaphor, which tends to be overused, but you know, I talk about the foundation being training. We kind of got four walls that we put up around this as well, around, um, around governance. So we have a a strong policy based around ISO standards, you know, to help really kind of guide the way that we do things, right. Kind of our rules for how we build software. Um, we have, um, you know, a, a construction wall. So, you know, really kind of a, a very interactive uh, process by which the developers take ownership in the security process. Right. So it's uh, very, very informative to them and it's, it's kind of part of what they do. Um, I I had mentioned the automation, but you know, verification. So it's not, you know, we, we, here's what we say we're going to do and we do it. And now we're verifying that we did what we did. And again, leveraging automation to really kind of ensure that what we're doing and what we're releasing at the software level is very secure. (laughs) And then the operations piece, which is kind of tying it all together and ensuring that stakeholders, like you know, quite honestly, like your team, you guys kind of know what's going on on the sales side and the client relationship side. Sure. Our customers are advised and aware, and and we're advising people, you know, globally within Hexagon as to. You know, here's what's going on, here's what we're finding, and, and we're really it's a collaborative process, but the operations piece kind of brings it all together again.
0: Nice, nice. So it's really a holistic approach here internally. It's something that, that all totally, of your all totally. of your team are really working towards and kind of marching in, in yeah. unison with, it well, sounds like that's nice.
1: And and the thing that you have to understand is that our goal is to make each successive release of our product more secure than the last. Right. Right. And so it has to be organic and it has to be evolving because the bad guys you know the bad guys are getting smarter yep. um and they're attacking us in more you know in, in interesting ways and attacking our customers and and quite- as i mentioned you know kind of the public trust, so we always have to be on guard and constantly be incorporating this into our process,
0: yeah, and I think that it's uh i mean that, that yeah that's exactly right we got to be on guard because I think that. As I started off with, I think for the longest time, we kind of felt that it wasn't our issue. Yeah, it's somebody else's problem. It's someone else's problem, yep. right? Well, I really feel bad that Target, for example, got nailed. Hope they didn't get my email in that attack, yep. right? But exactly. You, but, but this is really our issue. And as an agency um, or as a vendor, we're responsible. But yep. also for our customers, those agencies need to also be taking that into consideration. Absolutely. So let me Let me switch gears here a little bit. Tell me how you'd respond when someone comes to you and says, "You know, I don't have time to upgrade or, or stay current with my releases." You know what? I got enough
1: going on. I, I, I'm in a nine one
0: one center. We're busy. Yeah. How do we deal
1: with that? So can you can you afford to not be operational? Yep. I mean, again, that's that's kind of that's what it boils down for not me. I, and I think that the evidence points that that is a very real um, and very tangible uh, danger here, right? Yep. So you know, look, I, I'm not trying to plant the seeds of fear and and kind of drive, you know, it's, it's really kind of be, you know, be realistic about the, what the risks are. So, you know, what we try to do as a software vendor and a provider of our solutions is we try to advise people kind of what the risks are based upon, um, you know, the age of our solution and everything else, you know? So, you know, really again, the answer is, is that if you can afford to take risks, Mm -hmm. right, if you can afford To lose control of your environment and have somebody hijack you. If you can control, you know, or or if you can um, risk, you know, having somebody take uh, control of your data, of your data, taking control of your operations, then, you know, that sounds great. But I don't believe that we can do that. And I don't think our customers can either.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I don't think anybody wants to be on the front page of any paper.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) right. Um, That's that's a very true point. But uh, look, here's the deal. I understand that these are large-scale, complicated software systems. Okay, mm-hmm. and again, if you can't, if if you can't upgrade, if you will, or, or stay current on the product releases, at the very least, you need to make sure that your network infrastructure, that your firewalls and all, everything else, that you're taking the right approaches there, and look at the platforms as well. You know, Microsoft yep. is all, constantly releasing patches to their. Their um, their operating systems, you know, and and Cisco is constantly in, issuing patches to their firmware. You know, we constantly issue patches to our software as well. So, uh, you know, I would advise people to just weigh the risks, weigh the um, the overall effort of, of creating that upgrade and, and or uh, approaching that upgrade, and see is that something that you can truly afford.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. There's uh if you do some searching around out on the internet, right? There's a, a cheap cybersecurity engineer. His name is uh, Vern Mosley, and he's got a great quote. And he said that the public safety should take a lesson from the airline industry you know so if a pilot's up in the air and the airplane's up flying well when an issue happens that pilot can't say well let's just go land it and fix the problem they right. have they have to deal with it live they have to deal with it while flying yeah. and they you know public safety and agencies like that need to do a similar thing right they need to have their live environment i can't bring 911 i can't close 911 while i prepare or do yeah, security exactly. drills right i have to be able to take that forward and i think to your point you know, even if it's baby steps, even just making sure that your network do they have all the right firmware? Do they have all of the information? Is all of your op systems up to date? Those are the those are the things that that they can do. Just just while in flight, keeping that airplane Absolutely. going. Absolutely. How about? Do you have any advice? Any advice or ideas, um, you know, if they're looking to harden that system, if they're looking to update those systems, do we have any other advice that they might be able to do?
1: Well, I mean, the first thing I always do is just ask questions, right? Um, You know, it kind of goes back to an earlier point in my career when, um, you know, I I had uh, thought I had a great software product and um, then we hired a white hat hacker to come in and, you know, my team and everybody else that was on my team, we thought we were bulletproof. Mm-hmm. This person came in and found like 18 different ways to get into the system. It's it amazing. Like, wow. And again, it was, well, let's ask questions, you know, so right. what can we do to be, to be better? What can we do to our product? And I think I would advise people, you know, always ask, you know, always ask your vendors, always ask your partners, always ask your providers and this whole ecosystem around your public safety operations, you know, what they're doing to help you, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you can take a defense in depth approach to it, you know, so kind of, you know, what are your, what's your your lay. What's your exposure? What's your risk? What's your layers of security in between all the different pieces? And then the people that you rely on. Again, your your vendors, your providers, your partners. What are they doing to help you in this journey? What are yep. they doing to help keep you safe? I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. Is always ask questions and and don't be. Af- I hate to say it this way too, but don't be afraid to look like you're lost right because this is a right. big scary complicated type of conversation and it's constantly evolving and even those of us that are in the industry and have been dealing this, with this for a very long time you know we're still having to ask questions and 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 really kind right. of you know r- rely on people with various levels of expertise because at the end of the day it's such a big problem that you know one person or you know one department or one agency you're not going to be able to deal with it all yourself it's right. it's a the the threats to our infrastructure and to our public trust systems is so wide and so varied and and really shifting and changing so frequently that it really does take all of us working in partnership you know vendors practitioners sure. you know CIOs CTOs All of us working together to make sure that we're we're we're, you know, manning the uh, manning the wall.
0: Yeah. And and I'd add to that, that I think that, you know, agencies sometimes, you know, they're in their own ecosystem and they're in their own environment. And I think they feel like, you know, wow, I'm out here all by myself. I have to figure all this stuff out. I think to your point right there. You're, don't be you're afraid. You're not alone. You're yeah. not alone. Yeah. You're, you don't. You're not inventing this wheel, if you will. Someone else has gone down that road, and yeah. and we can lean towards, you know, whether it's the vendor community, but also some of the industries, right? The Appcos, the Ninas. There's yes. a lot of information out there, and there's a lot of assistance. And to your point, don't be afraid to ask the question. I think that that's. I think that that's a key part. Absolutely. Right. So I know we're coming up here to the end of our time here. So if there was one word that you could describe our approach to application security here at Hexagon, what would that be?
1: (laughs) One word. Just one word, right? Uh, You know, I'm going to have to go back and emphasize the automation aspect. And and I, I have to say, you know, I've said layered, I've said all these other things, but I think the key differentiator for us is really automation, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, people are people and, you know, you've got to trust in, and the, uh, the technology and the intelligence that goes in, again, it's, it's all these groups that are contributing right. to uh, defining the different types of attacks. And you just got to, you know, we're talking about very, very complicated code, very, very complicated systems. You have to rely on the automation to be able to kind of point it out so that you can deal with it and make a value decision.
0: Very cool. Well, with that, I'm going to say that's the final word on it. As I said at the beginning, this is a cool topic. Yeah. Uh, and when I say cool, I mean a scary topic, right? <laughs> so it's uh, it's very interesting. So big thank you to our guest, Dan Retzer, today. For more information about today's topic, please visit www.hexagonsafetyinfrastructure.com. And to listen to some of our upcoming episodes or learn more, visit hxgnspotlight.com. And thanks for tuning in.